Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Man, there was a bear bear, all black and brown and covered in hair. Hi, I'm Clotho, and you can find me at Clotho Spindle on Twitter, and I'm joined with Chicky. Hey, I'm Chicky. I'm at the Chickren on Twitter. Devin. Hey, this is Devin GD Harpo on Twitter. And Kama. Hi, this is Kama, and you can find me at Oxford Splice on Twitter. We're going to be discussing Sansa's second chapter in A Clash of Kings, and the trigger warnings for the usual subjects we might come across: uh, violence and rape, and those unpleasant things. Uh, let's see. Okay, so good. Jump here with uh, Sansa discovers a folded sheet of parchment beneath her pillow with the words, Come to the Godswood tonight if you want to go home, written on it. Uh, she doesn't know who left it or who wrote it, or she doesn't, no clue. Um, she's thinking how she's prayed hard for help, and she's, you know, wondering, could this be my chance? But she's also, you know, she's imagining the positives like you know she's thinking well maybe it's the red wine one of the red wine twins bold sir balan swan or you know even Beric dondarian um but you know it realistically occurs to her that it could be some kind of like you know something joffrey cooked up some kind of cruel joke or some kind of trap even by cersei or someone to test her loyalty i love i love it that she has that thought that yeah. she's like oh is this a test from cersei yeah. is she testing me to see if i'll come to her with it like you know that's 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 pretty smart of her to realize yeah. that i mean it's and it seems like legit like it could i could see if something cersei would do you know something oh it sounds like cersei <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> Absolutely, because I would have waited on the second letter. No, really. Yeah, Don't that's a good point. That's a good point. That's a. I know who, and that's the thing. Like to write that, like you think, God, yeah. I mean, after all the crap she's been through. Oh God. Um. So she, you know, she has a, so maid. She hastily puts this under. Um, you know, she puts it away because the maid is entering and, and she's basically been suspicious of everyone. Cause she's already noticed that like basically what happens is Cersei replaces her maids and any servants who come every, every two weeks. So she can't form a bond with them or they, you know, they don't, I guess, so they don't feel sorry for her. They don't have any kindness or friendship. Um, she sort of deprives her of that. Um, so she doesn't recognize the person who comes in, but she just like, Oh, she looks mousy, but you know, and she's worried she saw her hiding it. And so she basically, um, she burns it right after she, that maid leaves. Um, and she's thinking about Septim Ordain and she, you know, how she, she's been killed. And she's thinking about all the people she wishes she had someone she could ask advice. And Jane Poole's not around. She has, does not know what's happened to her. And she's worried. And um, she's sort of just, you know, if you feel like she's torn, but she still crawls into bed because she's, yeah she can't sleep what else are you gonna do <laughs> I, I know yeah, it's like she, what <laughs> god well she's just so beaten down at this point quite literally beaten down she starts the chapter thinking about being beaten on joffrey's orders you know and um she's just she's terrified she 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 knows there's nothing she can do because every move that she makes something something happens and sets off joffrey or sets off cersei or something and she has no one to trust. So of course you have Littlefinger who 
who susses that out very easily and is like, oh, what she needs here is a hero. You know, she needs she needs someone who can be on her side and she's going to, you know, if, if if it's someone that she thinks has a reason to be on her side, she's going to trust them. And, um, and, and thus, even if you think about it, like, I get why they, the idea of meeting in the godswood or someplace outside the castle, because the castle walls have ears and all that. And it's like, but still, it's like, if they had just someplace a little close, like she, that's really terrifying to think of going that far and managing to go unnoticed that far on your, like without any kind of pre-planning, like, Oh, just meet me there tonight. Yeah. Kind of thing. Like that's not, but, right. I suspect, I suspect it's the God Godswood because probably Littlefinger was like, Oh, this will remind her of home. This yep. is her God, it's yeah. not Southern stuff, you know? Well, and, and I assumed like the, well, I'll wait till we get to it, but I assumed <laughs> that it was sort of set up to, yeah. to make it easier for yeah. her to get there. Yeah. Because yeah. she looks like right here is where we get into, like she looks out the window beforehand and she sees the, you know, the, Kingsguard out there and she's like you know she crawls into bed and she's still lying awake and she can't sleep and then she hears the shouting and this is where suddenly there's no one on the bridge so this is obviously like it just seems like way you know it's like super convenient um, <laughs> and which is what I guess for her it feels like because she hears all the you know ruckus and everything it feels like just like maybe this like serendipity or something you know that this just suddenly happened so she's sort of without thinking runs and gets dressed and she puts on a great cloak and picks up a knife. Um, I'm surprised they left the knife. I was thinking that too. I'm surprised they left the knife in the room. Um, well, <laughs> they might not have done that with Aria, but I mean, she, you know, I, it's sort of like if, if somebody who knew me wanted to capture and imprison me, I wouldn't know what to do with the knife. I mean, mm. other than accidentally cut myself, which I've done, but you know, it's not like anyone would go, Oh, here is comma. She's going to take the knife and kill. They would know better. And I mean, she's been well-behaved enough that she's allowed to ride around the inside of the keep, all this stuff. I think, mean, I think they probably, that's not what they're worried about from her. Because probably I think she's going to harm like not even herself. A, it's not even yeah. a thought. She would have done yeah. it by now. They probably would have thought. Yeah. yeah she, uh, she, so she sort of justifies this in her mind and say, okay, well, sort of thinks, okay, it's better to die trying than to let them hurt her more. So um, she's got enough courage to do this. And it's, um, She's going down. This is really winding, you know, the winding staircases and just across the bridge. It's like really involved, like sort of escape route here, escape route out to the Godswood. Um, and she sees Sir Preston near the stables with uh, three Kingsguard helping Joffrey. Why the hell was this going on? And Joffrey into his armor. Like, what? <laughs> I couldn't figure out is there a reason why Joffrey would be by? Well, I I don't know. There's some sort of riot or something at the at the gates with some of the city people and, and hack at people know, or something. Maybe. Food. Keep in mind, these are people who are hungry. The city's just full of refugees at this point. So already feels safe. You know, yeah, he feels like, safe. It's it's this is typical Joffrey. Oh, I'm gonna sort this out. But in reality, you know, he's got guards. You know, twelve feet deep around him. Gosh. Oh my goodness. Um. With all this going on, they don't, thankfully, they don't see her. Um, she manages to kind of run past and, and we get the, the black cat. She jumps on a black cat and they describe the black cat with the chewed off ear runs past her and it kind of hisses at her. So. Balon. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't it Valerian? Or ba- yeah, Valerian, yeah, Balon. 
no, this is not Baylon Greyjoy, although that would be a funny cat. <laughs> I forgot the cat's name, but... <laughs> um, so, she reaches the Godswood. Um, oh, it's kind of sad. She thinks the first thing she thinks is that Lady would have really liked that... Um, and, you know, even here in the heart of the city, she can feel the old gods watching with a thousand unseen eyes. And, you know, you make that about um, him thinking that she would fuck up because she mentions in her own mind, she's thinking, you know, she favors her mother's gods over her father's. But she couldn't she can't deny that the gods would has a certain power, especially at night. Um, and, you know, she's saying prayers in her head. So it's like this com- probably comforting thing like this, you know, feels like her father and like, you know familiarity and um you know she's praying that her true knight has been sent to champion her and she's moving from tree to tree wondering if she's come too late you know because it sounds like it's been a little while because she didn't want to she didn't run out there right away and she hears someone say i feared you would not come child and she whirls around and she sees a thick heavyset man shamble out of the shout uh, shamble out of the shadows um, and she knows him at once. She recognizes Sir Dantes, and um, she asks if he's drunk, and he's like, "No, only one cup to help with the courage." And um, she thinks again about Lady, um, and she's like, "Yeah, because Lady would smell if any falsehood. Like if he's lying to me, she would know." Um, and she pulls out her knife, which is, I think, is a smart thing to do, and asks him who sent him, and. Um, he swears no one on his honor as a knight. Um, I prayed to the gods for a knight to come and save me, she said. I prayed and prayed. Why would they send me a drunken fool? Um, And he admits he deserves that comment, but he says that he wants to save her because she saved him from Joffrey and he saved from himself. And we sort of get this, like, thing here where she's, like, she whispers, like, Florian... And, to, and she shivers, you know, a shiver goes through her and he drops to his knees and humbly says he will be her Florian. And uh, she slowly lowers her knife and she kind of feels like she you get this idea that she's lightheaded, starting to get let herself get excited that she might be able to get away. And so do we think do we think that Littlefinger mentioned the Florian thing that that Dante should should use that or Dante's that. come up with that on his own? I was wondering because I was like, that's very Had specific. To. Yeah, like Littlefinger yeah. had to, right? God. I think it had to be Littlefinger. I don't know if Dantos <laughs> is aware enough. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah, and that would just totally play into it if he mentioned that. And oh, poor Sansa. <laughs> She's, uh, and she says, This is madness to trust this drunkard, but if I turn away, will the chance ever come again? She's thinking this to herself. Um, you know, he says he's going to take her away from the castle. And um, that will be hard. But after that, the ships will come and take her home. And, you know, I'm just wondering here, like, so is this all like, because he says he needs coins and to make arrangements. I'm assuming is this all like to like, because I'm assuming at this point arrangements would have been made. So it's just him just, you know, trying well, to put I mean, her off. Okay. Or... Could it be? I mean, Littlefinger is brilliant, but he's not, I mean, he's not like, a, I mean, he probably has an assessment that Sansa is not stupid she's just young and naive so maybe he's just trying to make it sound like plausible to her oh like maybe so yeah that dantos wouldn't if he had too much info because like where would dantos have all this money for like a ship that would make and like the thing with florian i mean 
I, you know, she said Florian first and maybe Littlefinger was like, look, she's really heavy into the romance and the, you know, see if you can play up on that. And then she happened to mention Florian and he picked up on it. I don't know. It, I, Cause otherwise it, it does seem a little specific. Yeah. So uh, she asked if they can leave immediately, which, may, you know, you'd say that I'm at the castle, let's go. But um, he's like, no, they still have to, because of all the arrangements, they still have to find a right time to get her out so that they can make the other arrangements. And, um, you know, he rises to his feet and pledges himself to her service before the gods. And he tells her that they can't communicate by notes, but she has to come to the gods wood as often as she can. I mean, that sounds dangerous, but um, he warns her he can't show her any kindness when he sees her, you know, when he's around, others are watching because they've made him into like the fool now, um, not a knight anymore. And um, he's like, I'm going to play my role. But before, you know, before she leaves, she briefly kisses him on the cheek and whispers, my Florian, the gods heard my prayer. So yeah, I don't know. It's just oh, more more sad for. <laughs> oh, this is terrible. I mean, like, but this is the perfect I mean, way. <laughs> Go ahead, Devin. Oh well, I was just going to say, imagine having to believe in Dantos. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, oh, I'm fucked. <laughs> Gosh, so much could go wrong. Well, yeah, so easily. Oh gosh. <laughs> It, at the same time, this is really smart because I'm sure it's <laughs> like, who's she going to trust? And it's like, well, maybe the guy whose life she saved, this is someone she actually might trust because she would have a reason to think, oh, I did him this great kindness. And so he is mm. on my side, you know, mm. uh, it's just terrible. It, this whole this whole chapter makes me think of like, like chess, like the game, mm. like. Have you ever seen like in those movies where there's the chess, you know, the prodigy who's stuck in a room and has to play like 20 or 30 people at the same time. Uh. And it feels like she's just barely getting out of learning checkers. You know, she's just kind of starting to learn the game. And yet she's stuck in a room with like 15 grandmasters and somebody who's got armed thugs to make up for the fact that he can't play the game. But she's got to play them all simultaneously and try to figure all this stuff out. <laughs> it's just nuts. Well, and nothing in her life as a Stark has prepared her for this kind of game. I mean, like, you know, the Starks are not preparing their kids to play political games in any way, shape or form. So she is learning from scratch here pretty much. So she's racing down the, she leaves and is racing down the Serpent's Teen Steps. And on her way back, she runs straight into Sandor. Uh, she loses her balance and she feels, he catches her breast. And he's got like a pretty good hold on her wrist. And she tells him he's hurting her and tries to remove his hand. And he asks where she's been. And she responds, she's honest with him. She responds to Godswood. And he asks if she thinks he's drunk enough to believe that. Um, and he's, you know, he's being mean and he's mocking her and he asks her for a song, you know, he's calling her stupid little bird. And, you know, then he says, he'll take her back to her cage. And, uh, <laughs> I don't know this whole, it's so gross. Yeah. I don't, Is I don't, anyone here a sand sand shipper? No, I don't. Okay. I'm not. <laughs> I, I like theory, it. but these. These, these little encounters do not make it easy, Devin. Yeah. These make it so hard to even... Yeah, exactly. Like, 
gosh. I just I I could never get past the age. Like I can't get past the age is the problem. I'm I mildly ship it or I kind of used to. I mean like it it's just it's not something that would ever appeal. It's not like my person it's just like I'm like, oh you know, that's okay. That's happening, I guess. But yeah, as I reread it over and over, it's just it's still creepy. I mean, there's that's what makes it tough. To the, re- it. the rereading it over and over is it's yeah. tough. <laughs> I mean, she's fucking eleven, or yeah. she twelve yet? Oh, I think man. she's still eleven here. It's and he's tough. commenting. He's a grown man, and he's commenting on her figure and her. And I'm just like, ew. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's gross. It's gross. I, I really think, like, has George ever been around anyone younger than say twenty? Because it. <laughs> I just, I think he has this excuse in his head that somehow because she's betrothed and she's on the verge of quote unquote womanhood, that this is fair game. And he is absolutely wrong about that. And there are many questions behind the societal structures that, that uphold that kind of thought or used to. And I don't know. I try not to think about it too much because it's just, (laughs) (laughs) it's gross. Yeah, because when you think about it too much, it's all of it's terrible. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, And she's like, oh, she sees, like, she gets really scared because she sees that when on the way back, it's Sir Boris Blount is now guarding the bridge. uh, Back to Magor's Holdfast. He tells the Hound that Joffrey is looking for him. And tells him the fools at the gate were expecting a feast for a Tyrex wedding and started some trouble. It's his explanation of what went down. And the hound is, um, continues to escort uh, Sansa back to her room. And, she, you know, I wonder sometimes why she's... It's, it's, sometimes she does burst out with questions that kind of like, I'm surprised, like she's kind of bolder than I thought she'd be, you know? She's like, she asks him why he lets people call him a dog, but not a knight. Um... And we get this kind of like, you know, a little bit of backstory here. He says he likes dogs better and explains that his father was a kennel master at Casterly Rock and had, I guess, saved Lord Titus from a lion and, and, but it also like lost a leg and three dogs while doing so. So I guess in his mind, you know, it's like, you know, he, they were rewarded with like, you know, lands and a tower house and he sort of like, yeah, you know, dogs will die for you and never lie to you. And, um, yeah, that's his little explanation for his affinity for dogs. And um, he suddenly at this point remembers that he never got the song that he was kind of like, you know, trying to get her to sing. And, um, she, you know, she's just doing what she does. She's like, OK, I'll happily sing a song for you. Just to, wants to get away. And um, she said, I'll sing you a song about Florian and Jonquil. And he's really rude. Like he declines. Like, no, I don't need to hear that. Uh, <laughs> and uh, um he says dogs can smell lies and if she takes a good whiff she can smell all the liars around the castle every one of which can lie better than her and that's where the I don't know if anybody has a comes with that particular interaction but that's where the chapter ends right there yeah so I, I mean you know as much as we may not enjoy it definitely Santan is a thing <laughs> it's yeah. definitely a thing that is happening here <laughs> they have they have real rapport um, you, you talk about you know Sansa asking him questions in yeah. a way that she's normally not brave enough to do and that is because there is some you know obviously weird connection um, between them and and they they continue to have these encounters where they, they actually have relatively deep conversations um for the two of them and relatively honest as well um even if he's gross and like to my reading 
he's I mean, he's safe enough that she can't ask those questions. Yeah. So maybe she feels like he's because of his honesty and because of his sort of like, he doesn't seem like he's intimidated by many people, you know what I mean? Or anybody like he just kind of maybe that gives her the feeling that she could, you know, he doesn't seem scared of them. Well, I don't think she really at, uh, I think, I think the point that you're supposed to take away is that on some level, she's not scared of him and that that will probably play out uh, better. She just can't trust him because of who he works for. Um, But I think she, you know, she's getting hints that she should. And this is, we, we talked about this in like uh, the last chapter that we did the brand too. Um, You know, you, you see George do this often where somebody has an opportunity where if they did trust the right person, uh, things might've gone different for them, but they didn't. And this is Uh, him playing that again, you know, um, in the, in that Dantos was declaring himself to be her hero, her Florian, it's actually um, Sander who comes and sneaks her back past um, Boris Blunt and back into the castle and covers for her. He's actually the one who was her hero here. Um, And, you know, she, she, she doesn't, she doesn't have the distance to maybe recognize that at this moment. And let me just say, I don't blame her at all for not fucking trusting um, Joffrey's right-hand man. (laughs) Why? You know, she shouldn't, and she knows she shouldn't, um, you know, I mean, maybe she could. Yeah, I think she absolutely could, but she, she, she knows it's not a good idea on paper. And so she's not doing it. And you have to really respect that. Oh, do we have any mail? We do. Um, we have two questions. I'm going to take the second one first, because it has to do with what we just read. Um, and also this thing that uh, Sander just said, Cardinal Girl 75 on the Discord asks, Sansa thinks in this chapter that Lady could sniff out falsehoods and wishes she were still alive. How differently, which kind of ties in with what um, Sander was saying about a dog not lying, uh, how differently do you think Sansa's Game of Thrones storyline would have played out if Lady hadn't been killed in place of Nymeria on the roads to King's Landing? Or would things have played out the same? Oh. Yeah, I wonder. I think about that if she had had access to Lady or some form of protection. Well, I'm I'm assuming that unless she had been able to get out when everything was going yeah, down, um, Lady would have been killed or taken uh, from her yeah, at minimum. Probably. But at some at, point, at some point. But at the same time, you know, she's the only Stark who hasn't really been able to warg. And I'm wondering if, like, would she have been able... I mean, she would have had time, perhaps, to be doing that? That would have been cool, Sansa. Yeah, I guess she could maybe maybe could have learned through Lady while if she had, if she had not been killed um, before they get to King's Landing. And then maybe if Lady is taken or killed otherwise, Sansa has that... Now she has that skill to warg um or maybe it taps more into her wolf dreams or like we see aria do it with other animals maybe that's something that sansa yeah. develops um but that's yeah that's really the only thing i could think of um she also cardinal girl 75 also asks why on earth would Littlefinger ever trust someone like danto's holler sorry to be his intermediate I can't speak today, intermediary with Sansa. Even though Dantos has promised great riches for his part in the scheme, there was a very good chance that he'd either 
either do what Littlefinger later told Sansa he feared, betray him to the Lannisters for money, or that he'd get drunk off his ass and start blabbing the plot to anyone within hearing range. Well, Dantos was a pretty obvious choice to be Sansa's Florian since she'd saved his life, he seems like he would have been too much of a wild card for Littlefinger to feel confident using, especially since this payoff of his scheme wasn't going to happen quickly. I got to say, I kind of now want to see, like, you know, this seems like a great fanfic opportunity for someone. Like, Littlefinger <laughs> constantly having to, like, keep him under control. Like, making sure he's not getting too drunk, that he's not talking to the right people, that he's constantly trying to get him to understand what he's got to do, even though he is drunk off his ass. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, I I assume that uh, Littlefinger is not stupid. I, I don't I don't tend to think of Littlefinger as brilliant, really. I, I think he's he's a good schemer, is what he is. He's good at, at tearing things apart, not really building things. Um, and and this is one of those areas where I don't know that he would be great at it. He might just go, well, if it doesn't work out, I'll cut my losses. You know, I mean, like, <laughs> or or you know, and basically figures he probably could find a way to discredit Dantos and say, oh, he's just trying to accuse someone. Um, there's a chance that that Littlefinger had it out for himself if Dantos did try to out him, um, you know, a way to say that Dantos had a reason to make up a lie about him. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, plot is the answer to a lot of these questions, you know, <laughs> in the end. It, it needed to happen for the story to happen. So it happened. <laughs> and Dantos was right there. So, oh, yep. my gosh. Um, any last thoughts about the chapter? It was kind of it was a short one. but. Poor salsa, man. <laughs> yeah. It makes me wish the lady wouldn't have died. Sad. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, you can reach us at close the door and at gmail.com on Tumblr at close the door and come here at tumblr.com. Submit questions to chapter threads on the Jamie Brand subreddit. Uh, follow us on Twitter at door podcast. Um, please review, like, subscribe to us on iTunes, Podbean, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you listen. And please support us on Patreon at Close the Door. I'm closing the door. Get out. <laughs> <laughs>